0: Hi there, Scott Rockfile back with another podcast review. This time we're going to be talking about Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery, now available on Netflix. To say I was looking forward to this movie is an understatement. I was a huge fan of Knives Out. I got to see an advanced sneak preview of it weeks before it was released. I actually gave it a stellar review. Couldn't wait to see it again. Picked it up on Blu-ray. Bought the steelbook the whole nine yards. I've watched it several times. I love it. Even rewatched it again a couple days before watching the sequel. Now, as most people know, Netflix paid a gazillion dollars to order two more of these and buy all the rights to them. After the first was a theatrical release typical, normal. Um, This is a Netflix release that got a short theatrical window and then a Netflix release, and there is a second one coming, or a third one, if you will. The short version is, if you like uh, Knives Out, you're going to like Glass Onion. For me, it was a hair under. I know a lot of the reviews are saying it's better. For me, it was a hair under, and I'll get into why coming up in the review. There'll be no spoilers in the review. This is a murder mystery, but there will be some spoilers at the end. I'll tell you before we get there, because I want to talk about a couple of things. Daniel Craig Returns as Benoit Blanc. You have another murder mystery, this one more a destination murder mystery. It is very much quintessential Agatha Christie style as the first one was. I just, for some reason, it didn't hit me as wonderfully as well as the first one did. Um, I think it looks better. It's probably filmed better. The location is better. Um I don't know about better actors or such. That both casts are pretty incredible all the way through, um, but I don't know. I, it gets very convoluted as these movies should get very convoluted. And what happens wasn't really. Yes, it, it it's taken from the pages of Agatha Christie novels and those kind of things. But still, I, I the the twist or the what was going on really behind the scenes wasn't my favorite part of the movie. And that the whole movie kind of turns into something else. Mm. But overall, like the first half, I think it sets up just very much like um, Knives Out. Daniel Craig is Benoit Blanc. He's been invited to Miles Braun's Billionaire Island Resort. That's Edward Norton's character. Uh, Janelle Monae, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, Jessica Henwick, even uh, Madeline Klein, who plays Duke's girlfriend. Kind of a small role, but she does a great job. There are all sorts of uh, special guests. There's even a few on hot sauce labels and things. I don't want to give any surprises away, but that was one of the really fun things about the movie is all the special guest stars and the cameos and things like that. Once it gets into the crux of the main story is where I thought it, it it continues being exciting, continues being well made, great music, great acting, great all of it, but I just kinda didn't wasn't as invested as I was in Knives Out. Because Knives Out all the way up until the end. You're wondering how this really played out. And this one you kinda find out fairly early on and I knew what the turnout, you know what it was going to be in the end. I just kind of figured it out, and I had no idea in Knives Out. This one, kind of from the get-go, I kind of figured out what was going to happen. But I don't know if it was based on the person who was playing the role or my affinity for these kind of movies and how I've seen a thousand of them, but it just seemed to me pretty obvious from the get-go where this was going to go in the end. And I didn't have that at all in Knives Out. Now, this sounds like I'm, you know, saying bad things about the movie no i think it's a great flick one of the best of the year yeah probably um better than the first one no i i still like the first one better not that it was an original thing because i mean although it was it was still one in a long line of movie theatrical murder mysteries that we've gotten since you know since movies were invented and with kenneth Branagh remaking agatha christie movies he's got another one on the way um you know The Knives Out series had to be pretty amazing to hold up with some classic literature that's been turned into some pretty great movies. Like I said, Knives Out, the first one is a classic, deserves all the kudos it got. This one, it falls into that whole Netflix. I was discussing with a few people over the weekend that Netflix just never had an A-list for me. Never had. They've not had a single movie that was a quintessential classic to me that... They've had a lot of Bs, maybe even some B pluses, a lot of Cs and Ds, but nothing A, nothing I had to go right out and buy when it was over. I mean, Stranger Things to a certain extent, the first season, but mm, that's a TV series. Um, as far as movies go, they've made some really good movies, but nothing that's been classic. And I think this this Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery, just misses the mark, just short of where Knives Out hit. And I'll, like I said, I'll get into a handful of spoilers at the end. I think all the acting is great. I think um, standouts, Daniel Craig, he's mellowed the accent a little bit and made it even more realistic. Um, he's having fun with the character, obviously. They do some fun things with it. I think Edward Norton is fine. I think Janelle Monae was great. Catherine Hahn really liked her. Just thought they could have done more. She plays a person who's a governor running for the Senate, and I just didn't feel very political about her character. I thought Kate Hudson was great. Dave Bautista was great. Jesse Henwick was great. And Madeline Klein, as I mentioned, also really great. I mean, on the page, if I were to, to write down scores for all this movie, it would come up very highly scored. Just my overall score would be a little less than the first one. And like I said, part of that is is how things kind of play out in the final third of the movie. So should you watch it? Absolutely. If you have Netflix and you're paying what, for me, getting the 4K is 20 bucks a month now, um, it's definitely a highbrow movie or a, a well-made and intelligent flick that I would have paid to see in a theater. And it didn't play around here, so I had to watch it on Netflix. But it's definitely worth watching. I don't want to... Be negative about it. I'm just compared to the original. I don't have to own this one like I had to own the first one. Would I go back and watch it again at some point? Yes. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I'll get more out of it the second time. That's also a possibility as well. The movie was made for about 40 million dollars. I think it looks like a hundred million dollar film. The the setting, uh some of the effects that happen. Um, it just looks like a big-budget movie. You've got all these big stars in it. It only made $15 million at the box office, but it was a very limited um, box office release. Which, by the way, was about the biggest uh, box office haul for a Netflix movie released briefly in the theaters so far. So it's an it's a upswing for everything on this movie because Netflix paid a lot of money to own the rights to the next two. And they're going to make another one. Going back over the movie, I really did enjoy it. I just didn't think it landed very well. And so I'll get into a couple spoilers now. So if you want to tune out, don't want to know what happens, go on. So spoiler talk. (laughs) He sets up uh, a thing in the middle uh, where things kind of work out a little differently than what you expect, that uh, one character was kind of, playing with things and all that kind of stuff. And, and by the end of the movie, he was going to try and do an ending as big as the plot twist he did halfway through. And then it didn't land right. It just didn't land correctly. Kind of figured that was how it was going to turn out. And, you know, these who whodunits should be a surprise at the end. And it wasn't. And the, what they did was kind of hand off the movie to one or two characters. Most of the other characters got flattened by it. And the two characters that were more involved got fluffed up and got more character arcs and stuff like that. So I don't know what's going to happen on the next chapter of this. Now there were some super fun things in the movie, like learning about Benoit Blanc's backstory and what he was doing in the off time and how the thing all relates to COVID and what was going on at the time when they filmed it and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff is really well done. But the who done it part of it, he turns upside down in the middle to do something different with it, and then it plays out differently than you anticipate and doesn't have the ending that you wish so I won't get too much into those spoilers about that but the character is actually a twin of the character that was supposed to be in the movie and they're doing something deceptive to try and figure out what happened and I just didn't think that was the best way to go with that but it was based on some earlier whodunits that have done similar things to that before and so it did change the characters a little bit but like I said it wasn't the whole cast it was just a couple of people and when the movie wrapped up, I'm like, well, I don't know what's going to happen going forward. It'll just be another Benoit Blanc mystery with maybe, maybe a character or two for this one going on forward. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But in the end, when it landed, I was sitting on Rotten Tomatoes about where um, the first one did. And for me, it's just a little hair under it. Still liked it, but it follows that Netflix curse of being good, but not that good. And that's the biggest problem I have with Netflix movies. Why I'm thinking about getting rid of Netflix, because I love Stranger Things. I love uh, 1899 and Dark. Um, but the movies, just every one, I watch it and I get to the end and go, well, it was like a B, B minus. You know, I've never said a Netflix movie's gotten an A. So I kind of wish that Ryan hadn't sold off the rice to this and kept making theatrical movies with Lionsgate and, and the other partners who made it instead of Netflix. Because Netflix, one of the parts of this movie that was the problem that I have with a lot of Netflix movies is they need a little tightening up. It seems like, you know, when major movies get made by major movie studios, the studios watch the movie, make suggestions to the directors and whatever. But Netflix is giving directors the full ride. That's why we're getting three and four hour movies out of people like Martin Scorsese and whoever. And so letting them do what they want is one thing, but you could tighten this up a little bit and could have made it a little bit better. And that happens with most Netflix movies where they let these directors and writers have their play and do what they want. But in the end, Warner Brothers, 20th Century Fox, or the other big movie studios always had a hand in doing that last few tweaks to make the movies A-list, perfect, uh, award nominees, and that kind of thing. Netflix doesn't have that kind of experience, nor does that kind of thing at the end. They just kind of let the director release the movie. Sometimes it's good, but not great, and sometimes it's not so great. This one was pretty good. Uh, Ryan probably had com- more more complete control than he had on You know, uh, Knives Out, maybe. I don't know. I don't know the machinations of how things get made at Netflix, but it feels to me like it was almost a theatrical release, but just a hair short because of the Netflix uh, DNA. So I hope that Netflix does get over that. And I was saying the same thing about some of the other streaming services because their movies don't always. I mean, I did pick up The Contractor, which is a Paramount movie, but it was, I think, on Amazon before it was theatrical. So that's kind of an Amazon movie that came out on Blu-ray and 4K more than your typical Amazon movie. But most of the streaming services movies don't equal a theatrical release. Now, I still have to watch the new Hellraiser and the new Predator that were on Hulu this year because I don't have Hulu. But I'll be watching those soon because I'm picking up Hulu and going to get rid of a couple of the others to catch up on some of these movies I didn't talk about in 2022. So in the end, should you watch Glass Onion? Absolutely. It's a great movie. It's well-crafted. It just goes a little farther, swings farther for the fences, goes a little more out there than it probably should. I I kind of wished it stayed within the whodunit framework that they created, but he did something else with it, and it did give you some surprises. I just wasn't happy with some of the surprises, but that's me. On a personal level, you may like it a lot better than I did. I do think it is almost the equal of the original movie, just short of the mark. Just short. Some reviewers think it's fabulous, but I have said in many podcasts, I think when we watch things on streaming services, we lower the bar a little bit. When I pay big bucks and I sit down in a darkened theater for two or three hours and I've paid a lot of money for the popcorn and soda I'm drinking and eating and I've blocked out time of my schedule to go to a theater and do all that, I hold the movie to a higher bar than I do when I'm streaming something on Christmas or a <laughs> weekend or whatever. And so in that aspect, a lot of people are going, this is a fantastic movie. I think it is. I just don't think it's because I had just watched Knives Out two nights before. And I've seen Knives Out several times. And again, marveling at the the way it was all put together and how it works out. I just wish the second one had been a little more like that. But I understand not wanting to repeat yourself, wanting to do something different and all that. And they did it. And they achieved it. And I think in the end, they did nail it. I just wish we'd had a slightly better ending that would have elevated the movie instead of just kind of ended the movie. I thought there were some very funny scenes. There were some great references. The fact that it all references people like Elon Musk and the, and the pandemic and all that. I thought all of it was brilliant. I just think in the end, the final product is a hair short of where Knives Out fell. But still, that's a pretty darn good movie, isn't it? So Glass Onion, check it out. It's streaming now on Netflix. It'll be on there for in perpetuity, I'm sure, because they have another one coming. And they own the rights to all things Knives Out going forward. I did watch a few other things over the holidays. I'll be getting back into the groove, as I said in the last podcast. So thank you very much. I hope your holidays were bright and wonderful. And uh, you got to watch some good movies while you're uh, enjoying time with family. Have a spectacular day, and thank you for listening.